One of the questions I get all the time from 35-year-olds who are considering becoming a Pilates instructor is, do you think I'm too old? And (laughs) um, the answer is, hell no, (laughs) you're not too old. Um, And I am here to talk about that uh, with Loretta Mazzola. Loretta, welcome. Hi, Raf. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm awesome, and I'm really delighted to have you on the show. I know we've talked many times off air, and I'm looking forward to having this on-air convo. Um, so can can you introduce yourself to the Pilates stratosphere, please? Well, um, my name is Loretta Mazzola, and I'm 66 years old. I recently graduated a Breathe Education's uh, certificate in uh, Matt and Reformer, and um starting my career as a Pilates teacher at, it's a second career. Um, I'm retired as a New York state court officer and um, yeah. And starting something different. So Loretta, you know, we're here today to really just talk through, talk about your story of starting this, you know, why you decided to start this second career and what inspired you and, you know, your journey that has brought you here and what's next for you. Uh, and I don't necessarily want your age to be the, the prism for this whole, you know, conversation, but I think it is uh, a nice place to start maybe for people who are out there because, you know, like I said in the intro, I get so many people really of all ages, you know, from like 21 and above saying like, do you think I'm too old? you know, have I missed my chance? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you know, I always, you know, although I, 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 I do work hard to be like the Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama and to be empathic when 30 year olds ask me if they're too old <laughs> to do this thing. <laughs> um, I don't always succeed and I often chuckle a little bit on the inside and think, uh, you know, ask me again when you're 50, 60, 70, you know, because my experience at 51 is like, I remember when I was a kid, looking and thinking like, oh, that kind of, you know, grizzled old teacher that I had, they were probably like, now thinking about it, they were probably like 25, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I look back now at 51 and think, oh, that person would have been so fresh-faced and so rosy-cheeked, <laughs> so naive to the ways of the world. And it's it's amazing how your perspective changes on what, quote, old, end quote, is as you, you know, as I've aged, I've found like, oh, I remember looking forward when, when I was in my teens, I was born in 1971 and looking forward to the turn of the century, the year 2000, the, this mythical year that was going to happen in the future, you know, and thinking how old, I used to calculate how old will I be? And I, I was going to be 28. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'll be over the hill. You know, I'll be almost too old to enjoy the experience of the turn of the century. Like my time will be done. You know, my life will be over by then. And it's like, of course, it, now looking back, I think 28, oh, how young I was at 28, you know, how, how, how much I had yet to learn and discover and, and live and grow. And now I'm sure when I look back at 71, I'll look back at my 51 year old self and think how young and naive I was <laughs> and how I didn't understand the ways of the world. So, yeah, so I do chuckle sometimes when 30 year olds ask me if they're too old to become a Pilates instructor. Um, and so I'm, I'd love to know, you know, to start out by asking you, you know, what was going on in your life that inspired you to, to make this change, to become a Pilates instructor at 66 years of age? 
Well, you know, I've been taking classes um, at that point for about 10 years. And I always, I started taking classes because my doctor, um, I took a, a bone density test and I had osteo osteopenia. And my doctor suggested I take Pilates classes. So I was like, oh, okay. Had no idea what it was. Um, and I started I live in a very small town. We have one studio in my town and I started going. And from the very beginning, I loved it. I really loved it. So I had been taking classes for about 10 years. Um, I wanted to take the course to become an instructor because I was so passionate about it for a while now. Um, but it just, it, the way it was, um, the way they had it didn't fit into my schedule. It didn't fit into my finances. So I just kept on taking classes. This year, I, after the pandemic, once the pandemic started, of course, there were no in-studio classes. And I was taking some online classes. And um, that's when I found another instructor who really inspired me. I started taking classes with Anula Myberg, and I realized- Shout out to Anula. Sh oh, yeah, definitely. She's amazing. I realized how much there was to learn just by taking her classes. The classes I would take in was, were awesome, but I felt like once I started taking her classes, there was so much more, and I decided I really wanted to find out more for myself. Um, and that's how I started. I did not think about teaching. I wasn't, I think I spoke to you in the beginning, um, uh, saying that I'm not really interested in teaching. I was doing this for myself to learn more, to see what it was all about, to know how to do the exercises. And, um, and that was really it. I mean, it was just the right time for me. Um, I asked her, she actually recommended Breathe Education. And um, I looked you guys up and I was able to, to work it out. And being all online, it fit into my schedule. Um, finances were a little bit of a challenge, but I worked it out. And that was it. And I started on my, my journey. So, so when did, at, when, at what point did you retire from the courts system? I retired in May of 2018, so about four years ago. Okay, so you've been retired for a little while now. Yeah. And so this was a this was a kind of a hobby and a passion of yours that has expanded to fill more space in your life. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always kept busy, though. Uh, I'm the mm -hmm. type of person where I don't sit down. You know, I'm, uh -huh. when I'm home, I'm I'm always moving. I'm always doing something. After I retired, I started uh, painting with watercolor. I started sewing. I um, I garden. I I, you know, I have nine grandchildren, so <laughs> uh, you know I, I'm always busy. But this was always like, for I said, for the past ten years, this has always been a part of my life that. I felt I did for myself and it made me feel good. And, yeah. you know, going back to the age, I don't feel like to me, it's just a number. 
I don't feel like I'm 66. I probably don't act like I'm 66. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I move like I'm 66. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it. You know, I just, I thought it was time. It was time. Yeah. It's funny what you say. And I want to come back to that in a minute about, um, you know, feeling, not feeling your age and not moving your age. Cause I agree with you on that. Um, so, but just let me understand the chronology a little bit better in your, your process here. So you retired in 2018, you're keeping busy, you're painting, you're gardening, you're hanging out with your grandkids and you're doing Pilates, you know, regularly. And then you, you, you wanted to take your Pilates further for your own practice, for your own understanding. You took some classes with the NULA and were those classes online? That was in the pandemic, right? You had to, yeah. is that why you started taking classes with her? Yeah. So she was teaching, she was teaching on Zoom and uh, so, and you say so you had a little bit of an awakening, it sounds like with her classes that you were like, oh, you know, like there's lots more to this that I didn't realize. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, taking classes for 10 years, I didn't know about semicircle or snake, um, you know, just different exercises. I was like, wow, there is so much more that I'd mm -hmm. like to know. And so that really kind of whetted your appetite to do some kind of teacher training, but you really, at the start, you, and I remember our conversation, you, you said that you had no ambition to actually teach. You wanted, this was just for you, just a personal development and a project. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the other thing was besides taking her classes, I started following, um, different Pilates instructors on Instagram. And that, that really got to me too. It was like, wow, they're so good. And there's so much. Um, yeah. So you really got the bug. I did. I did. <laughs> Do you have a Pilates mug? I don't have a mug, but I have some t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> have to get you a mug. Um, all right. And so, all right, so I want to I want to come back and and understand in a minute about why how you how you made the shift from um, this being a personal development exercise, pure and simple, to now feeling like oh no, this is a second career for me. This is like I I want to teach. I want to pass this on to other people. So I want to understand that part of your journey in a moment. But I do want to circle back to what you mentioned before about not feeling your age, and I mean that's my experience. Like as well. I'm, I mean, I'm 15 years behind you at this stage, but I definitely feel like, well, no, I'm, I'm just like same as I was when I was 35. I've got a couple more gray hairs and, you know, but, <laughs> but I don't feel any different, you know? Um, uh, and, and you said like, you don't move like a 66 year old. And I just want to double click on that. Um, there was a recent a systematic review that came out had over 3 million participants in it. And they looked at adherence to physical activity guidelines around the world. And what they found was less than 17% of adults, like one seven percent um, of adults adhere to physical activity guidelines. So basically get enough exercise in a week, which is like 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio, where you're slightly out of breath, plus two to three resistance training sessions like Pilates, where you're working your muscle groups to near fatigue. And only 17% of adults uh, uh, you know, consistently achieve that. And so that when we, 
you know, all many of the things that we associate with aging, like, you know, becoming weaker and stiffer and less physically able and having more chronic diseases, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to disentangle how much of this is actually part of a normal aging process and how much of it is just a result of people being physically inactive for decades at a stretch. And in fact, when we look at very active people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, they are, you know, way more fit and strong and flexible and have better balance and coordination and better general health than, you know, fewer chronic diseases, less diabetes, less cancer, less, you know, obesity, less heart disease, all of this, less depression, less Alzheimer's, um, you know, just from being physically active. So a lot of these, um, I guess, kind of like ailments that we typically, or sort of physical um, challenges that we typically associate with aging um, are often not purely related to aging or in many cases, not even not at all a result of aging. They're a result of just, well, when you're 66 and you've been inactive for four decades, there's just a greater accumulation of inactivity there than when you're 26 and you've been active for two decades, right? It's just, it's, it's just, it's just the number of years of inactivity rather than the number of years of living per se. And so, yeah, you don't move like a 66 year old who's inactive. You move like a fit, healthy, strong 66 year old. Very true. Very true. And I find that also, um, there had been periods of time and it's usually around this time of year where I kind of slow down on my activity. Um, like when I was taking classes, usually from October to January, you know, it's a very busy time for me and I wouldn't take classes and I could feel it. You talked about the stiffness and, you know, I'd sit on the couch watching TV at night. When I got up, I was like, Oh, geez, I, you know, um, and then once I got back to classes, it was gone. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. And I always, I've never really, I've always kept active, not really, um, anything, um, structured besides Pilates, but, um, but just always doing stuff and, and, and I just feel good about it. And, but, once I stop taking classes or I, I don't take classes for a while, I'm a little bit in that spot now because I was on vacation for two weeks and then I came home and I'm sick. And, you know, so um, hopefully by the end of this week, I'll be back to normal. <laughs> mm, well, you know, I was sick uh, all last week. And I was teaching tutorials still because luckily, you know, being online, you can't infect anyone <laughs> when you're <laughs> teaching. Um, so I was still teaching tutorials and we were doing like spine twist and sore and semicircle. And I was thinking, oh, that looks so good. <laughs> like I just, I was feeling so stiff and so like achy and I just really was um, craving that movement. Um, and so, yeah, this morning um, I've, been, I was first, I really felt a lot better. Went down and did a bunch of spine stretch and some twists. And oh, I feel so much better now. It's amazing. Um, it really is so, so wonderful. Um, so, all right. So tell me about the, the journey for you from really, you know, coming into this adventure feeling like, okay, so this is just a personal development exercise. Well, not just, this is a personal development exercise for me. I want to deepen my own understanding of my own body, of the exercises, you know, of the techniques, et cetera. And then the journey from there to like 
becoming a like a teacher, like I know I want to pass this on to others. I want to, I want to pay it forward. Like tell me about that transition. A, a big part of it was um, the breathe education course, the way it's taught. Um, we had to do practice teaching and we did practice teaching with our classmates, which of the first one was like, okay, it's kind of weird doing this. It felt uncomfortable. Everybody felt uncomfortable, but we were all in the same space. We were all in the same place in the course. Um, so after the first or second time, it didn't feel uncomfortable because we were all discussing it. And, and that's what helped me. And I find, I found that I really enjoyed helping people, helping people move, explaining how to do things, showing people how to move. Um, and, they told me that I did a good job. <laughs> My classmates said, oh, you're really good at this. I'm like, really? Oh, you know, maybe I am. And, uh, and that's where it started. Just the whole practice teaching thing is so important. And to me, like I think in other courses, I guess I'm, I don't really know, but I would imagine in other courses where there's maybe five people in a class and it's not online, but just, you know, regular, um, you go out and teach, I don't know who you teach. All I know is teaching other people who are doing it the same as you helped me. Like yeah. not going out and teaching a class that I didn't know or teaching people that I didn't know or who would just learn, you know, not in the same space as I was. Uh, that made a big difference to me that we were yeah. all doing the same thing. And then I really felt that I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, we've, that's been our, experience as well like we when we used to be an in-person training company and so we used to do exactly what you said like we'd have five people or seven people in the in the program and then we'd send them off to do practice teaching outside of class hours they'd have to find like rope in their family or their whoever to to do the practice teaching and th that's certainly like very important and valuable and much better than not doing any practice, like a bazillion times better. But what we've found over time of being online is because we've got like, I think there are like 90 students in your cohort um, doing the doing the training with you. Um, uh, and so what that, you know, all around the world. And so what that means is you're not limited to the same five humans to, to practice with. And you can like stick with the same people if you find a group that you really like. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people find is just the variety of getting like you know, it's much easier to set people up, but then because you've got people in the exact same stage of the course as you are, like you said, like you said, it's like they're giving you feedback that is like relevant to where you're at in your development and and what you're kind of working through in terms of technique and teaching skills and all that. And so, you know, whereas like your mum or your grandkids or whoever, with the best intentions in the world, can't give you great quality feedback because they don't know thing number one about it's so true <laughs> it's so true uh you know the feedback that i got was amazing um and then i made sure there might have been one or two people in the class that i knew would not um tell me stuff that i just wanted to hear like you know i knew they would they would give me constructive criticism when i needed it not just telling me, oh, you're great, you're great, you know, and um, and that's and then learning from them also makes a 
makes a big difference. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, you know, it's always nice to hear that you're great and you are great. And I think I'm one of Thank those you. people that's <laughs> told you that. And, and I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. But when you're learning and skill, you definitely need constructive feedback mm-hmm. about, okay, here's what you can do better. Move your foot more in this direction, straighten your knee more, use this word instead of that word, put on this number of springs instead of that number of springs, you know, whatever it might be. Like you need to, you need to hear those things to, to get better. Exactly. And then you also see how other people, how, what their technique is in teaching and you could get some good ideas. Right. Right. So to what extent, if at all, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong here. So tell me, um, was this, was that a confidence thing, right? And when I say that a confidence thing, I mean, your change of mind or, 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 or change of goal from this, you know, being a self-development exercise to being, becoming a teacher? Like, was it at, was it the case that at the start you just kind of didn't conceive that you would be able to be a teacher? And then when you started to realize, oh, hold on, I could be a great teacher. Then that was, became something that you, 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 you sort of allowed yourself to aspire to, or was it something different? Well, it's kind of like that because I always, I always thought in my head that just because you know something doesn't mean you could teach it. And that's true. You could be an expert in something, but it doesn't mean that you could teach it. That is true. Yeah. And I also find that if you really love something, it's easier to teach. And I just found that, wow, I could do this. That that was basically it. I'm like, wow, I like doing it. I like, um, I think part of it too, we had a group, maybe about 10 of us, um, that we always kept in touch. And I think part of it was most of them were much younger. There was another woman in the class just a few years younger than me, but everybody else was much younger. And I kind of I, for one of a better word, saying, I kind of took charge. Like when we had a practice teaching and everybody was talking about everything else, I'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, and kind of, and yeah. I think they liked it. So that somebody kind of, you know, was taking charge and leading them in a direction. And again, I just found that I really enjoyed it. You know what? I think that is something that, that, it, that it, I've learned over decades and it's weird that it takes decades to learn it but that like when I was younger I was much more like that like hey everyone what do you want to do you know do you want to go first or do you want me to go first you know let's talk about the weekend you know whatever and 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 now I'm much more like okay everyone let's get to work do you want to go first great let's go you know and 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 paradoxically like I think Back, you know, trying to remember back to my mindset when I used to be more kind of laissez-faire about things is like I didn't want to kind of impose my will on others or sort of boss people around or anything. So I wanted to, you know, to give people the full autonomy. But the paradox is that what I've discovered is like mostly people really appreciate you know, when there's some clear direction and like structure. You know, like you said, when you took charge, people were like, oh, great, someone's taking charge. Awesome. <laughs> you know? 
it's it's true because then otherwise you don't get anything done. You have an hour to do this practice teaching and you spend the whole, you know, the first half hour, just like you said, oh, what I did this weekend and what I'm going to do here. And, you know, then you don't get anything in. But um, but we, I had a great group of, of women that um, I practice with and we still um, we still try to not not around the holidays as much, but we get together at least three. We trying to get together three times a week. Someone, we have a spreadsheet. Someone will put down they're going to teach, and every you know whoever is going to attend. And it's kind of like giving each other free classes, but also getting the experience of teaching. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you have any? You know, so far, I mean, you strike me as as somebody who's just kind of a very straightforward sort of a person. Like I imagine with you, you know, what you see is what you get. And mm. if if you think a thing, you, you you say it most of the time. And if you say a thing, you mean it. Um, that's my impression of you. Um, that's me. <laughs> so, I mean, did you have any doubts or challenges along the way? Was there anything that you, any demons you wrestled with? Were there any, cha- any like mechanical challenges that you had with it? You said the payments were a struggle for you initially. Um, yeah, well, the payments, I don't like to be in debt. So before I even signed up, I figured out a way, um, you know, using the credit cards or whatever to pay for the course where I'm not paying any interest on it. <laughs> I was able to do it with no interest. Um, that was like the main thing and I'm still paying it off, but between that and, you know, I had my doubts about, you know, I, I do have some physical issues. They're not, you know, big, but my hands get numb. And uh, and I worried about that, that when I'm doing exercises, if I'm holding on to the foot bar or whatever, is that going to be a problem for me, which it turns out it's not. Um, I also find that uh, my memory is not what it used to be. And I know, you know, but the other part of my story is I have 31 years of being clean and sober. So, you know, I think all the years before that of living a crazy life, it it affected my memory a little bit. So that's, that worried me that I wouldn't be able to, to do the course and to remember things. Um, but again, because of the way the course was, um, was done the first week we, it was learning to learn. And that helped me tremendously. Um, the, uh, practice testing where you watch something, you do it, and then you check yourself you know, record yourself and you check yourself and then go back to it. That helped tremendously. The distributive, um, distributive practice, I think it was called, um, of spreading it out over the week, like what you have to do. Don't do eight hours of studying. If you have to do eight hours, do an hour and whatever each day, that stuff all helped that. And that gave me a little more confidence and I remembered a lot, you know, just going over everything and, and doing the practice testing really helped me a lot. And that was my fear. My fear was the whole memory thing, you know, uh, and not retaining information. 
and um and just a few a few little physical uh things that I worried about. I always used to sit here. I used to sit here too and say, "Geez, I hope I don't like get sick or something before I before I finish the course." Like, you know, what if I get some kind of crazy disease? I don't know. I don't know why. I I think like that sometimes, but <laughs> but I'm still here. I'm healthy. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> I did. Um and so it sounds like you didn't have any real physical concerns around like, oh, will I be able – I mean, you said your hands, but like, you know, you sounded quite excited by learning semicircle and tendon stretch and, you know, all those exercises. I, I am. Um, the The thing is, too, the other thing that was said to me was you don't have to be able to do the exercise to teach it. There are still – a lot of exercises I cannot do. I still can't do a rollover without modifying it. Um, inverting on the mat is really hard for me, but I keep practicing and I could teach it. I might not be able to do the full expression of the exercise without modifying it, but I could explain it and I could teach it to somebody. And that's the other thing before I took the course, I never, I didn't know about modifying any exercise. You know, I could, you know, this, it taught me, oh, you could modify it. You could, you could add a bolster. You could um, shorten the lever, uh, you know, decrease the range of motion to, to have success in doing the exercise. So that helped me a lot too. Well, I think, and that is a common misconception that people have is that you have to be better than your clients at doing the exercises in order to teach. And that's just not, not remotely true. Like if that were the case, like imagine we like think about the Olympics, like only the gold medalist could teach the silver medalist, you know, but it's like, but that's not the case, right? <laughs> so I'm you, so you, happy. <laughs> you, you, you have to understand the exercise to teach it, but you don't have to be able to physically do it to teach it and that was a big thing for me that was big yeah um and i think that is a big misconception that a lot of people have that you have to be you know not only just able to do them but be perfect at all of the moves and unless you've got an extensive background in gymnastics or or high level dance it's like you're not gonna be perfect and there's a whole like thousands of people hopefully breathing a sigh of relief out there in the Plato stratosphere right now who don't have a background in <laughs> gymnastics and dance and who know that there are certain exercises that they suck at. Um, and whether for you that's like high bridge or rocking or whether it's oh, you know, yeah. teaser on the long box or horseback, <laughs> or, you know, like the, there are so many that you can choose from snake and twist um, that are really, really challenging, you know, control balance on the mat. Like there oh. are some really <laughs> real doozies. Yeah. And, and and for each of us, we all each have our own strengths and, and flexibilities. And, you know, some of us, you know, rocking comes easily, but rollovers are really challenging, others of us, vice versa. And others, others of us, both of those are easy, but maybe long stretch is really challenging, you know. And so there's no, there's no rule that says you have to be perfect at all the moves. It's like it's not a thing. And it's, I think it's just social media that we get this, you know, like because we've got st- seven and a half billion people in the world and on social media the ones that get the biggest like number of likes they're the ones that look the best doing it usually 
So we have this kind of artificial sense of, oh, you're supposed to be perfect at all the moves. But of course, we don't, even the people who are perfect at doing the things on social media, of course, we don't see the things that they're not perfect at, right? Because they don't do those, or if they do, they don't get the likes. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely stick my hand up and go, I suck at high bridge. I hate rocking. I don't mind, I don't mind control balance and rollover, but um, I, I I hate um, crab as well. <laughs> I always get a headache oh, yeah. when I do crab. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my head down. <laughs> there are just some, just too much. Yeah, and you know when you're teaching those exercises, like I mean, I basically never teach crab because I haven't really met anyone who really loves it. Um, ever, but but there are some exercises that I suck at that I would teach regularly. Things like uh, Swan and you know High Bridge, like in certain classes, like more advanced clients, you know, would like to do that, and I can't do that to save my life. But that doesn't mean you can't teach it. Like you can you can either just talk people through it um, once you're clear on the progression. You can get a like a student in the class who can do it and say, "Hey, will you be the demo?" you know, person for this exercise. Like there's so many ways that you can teach it without physically doing it yourself. So, yeah. All right. So, sorry. Um, we got, side. I, I, I got sidetracked there. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, do you think that, you know, so your experience as a, as a 66 year old, you know, doing a certification program, like part of it was you were kind of the most organized and take charge person in the room, right? You were like, okay, I'm not here to muck around. I'm here to practice. I'm here to learn. Okay, let's get going. So you do this, you do that, you do this. Okay. So that was good. That was my experience actually at university as well. When I was doing like group projects, I was like, I was the organizer. And, you know, um, uh, w- apart from that, was there anything else like that was different about training, you know, certifying at 66 years old that you think that would be different at say 26 years old? I, I don't know. I think um, maybe at an older age, I was more focused. I didn't have more going on in my life. Like, you know, at 26, like some of the, the women that were in my, my group, so to speak, you know, who had to go to work and who had little kids. And, you know, I didn't have any of that. I was able to do my coursework when I wanted to pretty much. Um, and, and focus on it. And, you know, except for, you know, my vacations, which is something that I like to do. (laughs) Um, I was able to focus on it more, I think. And it was, it wasn't easy, but I think that's a big part of it. I had more time to do it. Yeah. That's a good observation too. I think uh, I'm observing that in myself now, like our daughter just turned 16 and so she's basically looks at, you know, she makes her own meals and takes herself to school and does all those things. Uh, and I think back to when she was like four years old and you basically had to do everything, you know, with and for her. And you, and her, her attention span was like five minutes. And so basically there was no such thing as an uninterrupted hour, um, you know, for, for more than a decade there. But yeah, now at this age, you do start to feel that you have more time and more ability to focus uh, and choose how you spend your time. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, what's next for you? Like, what is your, what is this second career going to look like for you? Well, I'll tell you, I am retired. So 
I'm not going out and working for a big studio or anything like that. I actually have two clients now that I teach at home. Um, they come, they both come twice a week. And besides helping them and helping them move and making them feel good by doing that, it makes me feel good. Like when, when one of my clients said after a class says, wow, I feel so good, or I can't wait to come back. That just does something for me. You know, it makes me feel good knowing that they enjoyed themselves, that they got what they needed. Um, and you know what? I think that's all I want. I'd like to have maybe a handful of students coming a couple of times a week here. I don't feel, you know, I'm retired. I don't feel like going out anywhere. I don't feel like going out in the winter and driving in the snow. I just want people to come to me <laughs> and to help them feel better. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need, um, you know, I'm comfortable financially. You know, I don't have a lot of money. I'm comfortable financially. I don't need to make a lot of money. I want people to feel good and I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to burn out. I want to be able to do my own practice and to help other people. And that's about it. Give me five people come twice a week. I'll be happy. That's awesome. And and I, I, I see, I think the, the wisdom of age there in, in the way you're setting that up is like, yeah, you don't want to go out in the snow and traipse around and, you know, you just want people to come to you and you, you know, like, so you want it the way you want it. Um, and yeah, that's been my experience as I've gotten older as well as I'm sort of less eager to please yeah, <laughs> and more interested in doing it the way that suits me. Um, uh, so how did you, how did you, oh, so firstly, what have you, you've, have you got a reformer and set up in your, home? Is that what you take? I do. Um, I've, of course, like a lot of other people during the pandemic, I bought a reformer, <laughs> uh, secondhand. And, um, then about six months ago, I, I bought a chair. So I'm working on the apparatus course. Um, and yeah, I'm, again, I don't like being in debt, so I save to buy stuff. So right now I'm saving for a vertical frame for my reformer. So I have the tower and I'm looking forward to getting that one day, maybe after the holidays. Um, yeah, so I have the reformer, the chair, I have it in my family room downstairs. I made a little spot for it. I have um, a Nula's uh, poster up <laughs> and I have my breathe education certificate up there and it's um it's it's in a little spot in the family room the women that are coming they feel comfortable there I was gonna make a whole try to make like a little studio in another part of my basement but it it's not very aesthetically pleasing there and I would have to put a lot into it this is pleasing to them it's soothing um it's a comfortable place and it works how did you, how did you, how did you attract those clients? Well, one of them follows me on Instagram. Both of them, I've, I've taken classes with both of them. They, they both took classes in the studio in my hometown here. And, um, one of them followed like my journey on Instagram. And once she saw I was certified, she contacted me and she said, she, she 
was waiting for me to get my certificate so she could take classes with me. Uh, she didn't want to go to the studio anymore. Um, and the other one had stopped going to the studio and she also reached out to me. So they both have been taking classes for a while, but hadn't taken them for many months. Like they used to take classes and uh, yeah, and it's, and it's awesome. It's, it's awesome because they, they have a little background, so they're not brand new. Um, and yeah, and they're really enjoying it. And I am too. So, and, you know, I'd like, like I said, I'd like to get a couple more people, but I also want them to be referrals. I, I don't want to advertise. This is my home. I don't want just anyone coming into my home. So I could wait once, you know, if anybody else comes, if I get a referral, that's fine. So they, I guess they were tired of going to the group. I don't know, for whatever reason, the group class. And it's a lot different here though. I, I don't, I know in Australia, your group classes are, they're very big, right? Here, yeah. you know, the most I've seen is maybe six or seven in a class. So it's, it's a little different, but mm. I, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. You sound amazing where you're at. So this is your, so, you know, it's, I guess maybe second career is a little bit inaccurate. Like maybe it's like a, this is like a, I don't know, like, it's a it's a fantastic compliment to your retirement or something like what is, um, do you think that's true or not or do you see it as a second career i could see it as a second career because i'm doing it i mean i i don't know you know does a second career have to be full time no does it have to make you a ton of money no you know it's i i spend time on it i'm also like I took a workshop with Adam McAtee on programming. Um, I signed up for, oh, your visual anatomy class course. So I'm, I'm learning more. So it's, it's taken time and um, yeah. who knows? I might decide to do more. I might one day decide to open up a studio or I don't know if I really want to work for anybody else, but <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think it's I think it's like it's a second career. It's just a slow starting second career for me. Mm. Well, I love the way you've designed your life to you know to to be the way you want it, and you have your you take your holidays to go visit your grandkids. I know, um, and that's important to you, and that you also have other hobbies, and gardening, and reading, and painting, and. And, uh, that this is also something that's very important to you and you make, you make time and space for it, uh, in a way that's sustainable and meaningful and, and rewarding. So like you're living, you're living the dream, Loretta. <laughs> I am. I'm living the dream and I'm loving it. <laughs> and I, and I gotta say it's, it's, um, it's good. And, and I really got it thank, you know, uh, Anula Myberg because she was such an inspiration. She is such an inspiration to me and all the other people I follow on Instagram. I know not everybody, uh, I don't follow 
negative people. I try to follow positive people. Um, Breathe Education did so much for me. They really did. And, um, and again, the classmates, I, um, we have a community. And when I go out to Arizona, one of the women in my class lives out there. I'm going to see her and, you know, get together with other people and um, just keep going, you know, and, and trying to help as many people as I can move, whether they're young or old. And, you know, another thing we didn't touch on, but is important to me too, my Instagram account is anybody Pilates. And I don't have what a lot of people would consider a quote unquote Pilates body. And I want to show people that anybody can do Pilates. So when I put a Pilates t-shirt on, I walk down the street. I want people to say this body does Pilates and it doesn't have to be any kind of specific body type. And that's important to me too. Yeah, and th- I know that's also a super core part of Anula's, you know, mission is that exact message, and I totally resonate and respect with that. Uh, resonate with and respect that. I think that's yeah, that's really valuable. I think we get to see so many, uh, and there's nothing wrong with dancers. Dance, I love dancers. Dancers are wonderful, but we get to see so many dancers doing Pilates because let's face it, they move gracefully right? And that's the whole point. Uh, and, and so we, you know, I'm no dancer and I have this, I guess, basically clumsy oafish body. Like I can't text type. I always hit the wrong things because my thumbs are too fat and, you know, I, I can't be graceful and balletic. That's not in my DNA. And, but I don't think that's any, that's got nothing to do with nothing. It's like, it doesn't matter what shape you are, how long your legs are, what split you can do or any you know anything like that's that's not what Pilates is about. No, it's about moving. Just move and enjoy it and feel it. Hundred percent. That I I just I just love it. I'll get on my reformer and I'll while I'm doing footwork or feet and straps and I'll close my eyes and just get in the zone and I love it. And I I like to see other people do it like that too. And that's, you know, from everything I've been able to understand, um, that's, that was what Joseph aimed for as well, is that flow state of mm-hmm. achieving where your mind basically stops thinking and you just exist in the moment. That's what it's for. Exactly. Exactly. And it works. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> Loretta, thanks so much. This has been awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Raph. I really appreciate it. I was really nervous, but you made me feel very comfortable. And um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting back to my reformer as soon as I feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're uh, you're an articulate human, and you've got a lot of um, I think valuable things to say. So I'm sure um, a lot of people got a lot from this. And uh, thank you. Thanks again. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. 
One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.